0: Hi, this is Joel Scrivener, pastor of Oaks Church in McKinney, Texas. And I wanted to say thank you so much for listening, sharing, and supporting our podcast. I know that today's message is going to inspire you, challenge you, and empower you to fearlessly follow Jesus like never before. Now, let's check out today's message. How's everybody doing this morning? take a minute and say thank you. Uh, For those of you I haven't met, I know I've met a lot of you, my family and I moved out here just about, I think about three months ago, and uh, it was a huge step of faith. We come from Colorado, uh, so I am a Denver Bronco fan, just to clear the record. Uh, But uh, we moved out here from Colorado, uh, just a huge step of faith for our entire family. And I just got to say, this church is so stinking awesome. I'm, give yourselves a hand, would you? You guys are just like full of love and grace and just uh, totally welcomed our family in. So I just, I'm so excited to hear your stories and get to meet you, get to know you. I know we've done lunches and coffees and hung out in the lobby together. Uh, but I believe this this morning as we continue the series on Shine, God is about to use you in a radical way. God is about to put you in a position to impact the people in your life that are the most important. How many by an uplifted hand would say, I love my family. I care about my kids, my grandkids. How many with your other hand would say, "Uh, my friends are important to me. In fact, I have friends that are so close, they pretty much might as well be family. And so uh, I, I believe that God is going to use you to shine. And so I brought this Bible up with me. How many know this is old school right here? Like this is a Bible-thumping Bible. Any Bible-thumpers in here? Like I, if I laid hands on you with this, you would fall out in the spirit whether you wanted to or not. It would just be over. It's that thick. And so uh, I received this Bible uh, when about, wow, I would say at least 17 years ago. And it was so cool, it was a special thing for me. Uh, They actually took this Bible before I was ordained into ministry, and they passed it around the church. And so all these different pastors, uh, elders, deacons, all these different people uh, laid their hand on this Bible and prayed, Hey, whenever Adam preaches the word of God, let it come from a context of love, let it come from a place of joy, and let it come from a place that miracles can happen. And so it's really special to me, too, because my grandmother, who has passed, she actually laid hands on this Bible. And so I was going to be cool. I had my laptop ready. I was going to look, you know, new school, like I had my stuff together. And I said, no, nope. tucking my shirt in, going to old school, bringing my Bible, thumping Bible. And uh, we're going to get in the Word and see what God has to say. Can I get a good amen? amen. So turn with me, if you would, if you have your Bible. We're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And I'm actually going to read a couple different versions just to kind of drive this home. But in the NIV, it says, follow the way of love. Follow the way of love. In the New King James Version, it says, pursue love. And in the New Living Translation, it says, let love be your highest Goal. And I wrote this down for you today, that you can't follow God if you don't know how to follow love. You can't follow God if you don't know how to follow love. How many know love, when you really get Christ in your heart, will lead you to do some weird things? Uh, Pastor Joel shared a couple weeks ago. About some wild things that almost embarrassed him, but he stepped out in faith to love people really well. But love will. Love will allow you to reach out and extend your hand, extend your gifts, extend words from your mouth that will change people's lives. But how many know that there are a lot of weird people in our life? I mean, let's be real. Do you have that on your phone? Uh, When you see so-and-so's name pop up on your phone, you don't even think about hitting the green button. You go straight to the red button. Am I preaching to anybody? Like, there's no chance you're not screening that call before it comes through. Uh, You ever have that family member uh, that just shows up on your doorstep sometimes, and you thank God that you had a little hole to look through so you could act like you're not there, right? There are people in our lives, there's people, can I, come on, they can be irritating. Oh, they can be so frustrating, Anybody have that friend that's had the same problem for the last 20 years, and it's everybody else's fault? How many know it's tough to love? Jesus gives us the picture of love. The ultimate picture of love that we have of Jesus is when he was nailed on the cross, and he looks up to the Father, and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Father, you've been there all these moments, but why was he on the cross? It was because he loved us so much. And I would say to you that we can't follow God properly if we don't learn how to follow love because God is love. (laughs) We use that word love really lightly, don't we? I mean, if Valentine's Day is the picture of love, I'm good. I'm just, I'm good. True love, though, I found is when I had kids. It, it, It messed me up. I saw, a whole nother, I saw a whole nother picture of Abba Father. And one of the best moments and funniest moments and intense moments of parenting happened like this. My son JT decided, he's, he's 15 now, so now I get to embarrass him. He's trying to learn how to drive. But when he was about two years old, he decided to lose his mind in my house not his house, my house. He wasn't paying rent, he wasn't paying the bills, he wasn't doing laundry, he wasn't cooking, he wasn't doing any dishwashing. and he's in my house and he has a whole room to himself, a whole playroom. I never got a playroom, do you have a playroom? I don't have a playroom, but he got a whole playroom to himself. In that playroom, it was decorated with, I, I believe, at least 30 to 40 stuffed animals from his grandparents. He had toys. He had, let's take it old school, a Thomas the Train set. Come on, somebody. He had all these gadgets. He had a basketball hoop, all this stuff. And he decided that he was just having a bad day. Anybody ever have a bad day even as an adult? You don't even know why you're having a bad day. You you just are having a bad day. And then all of a sudden you're driving down the road. Somebody cuts you off and you're like, oh, freak out. (laughs) Because you're having a bad day. Jonathan had... One of those moments. And he just starts kicking the basketball things over, taking all the Thomas the Strange stuff, he's just throwing it all over the room. And I'm going, Joker, I don't even have a playroom, and you are disrespecting my house. So as a young dad, (laughs) I went to discuss the situation at hand, and I said, Jonathan, what kind of demon has possessed you? I didn't say that, I didn't say that. But I said, JT, what is wrong with you? And JT's like, I'm mad. I'm about to laugh at this point because it is so over the top and so exhausting that my son is freaking out at this level. And I said, you know what? Time out. Two of the weakest and strongest words a parent can ever use. You see, my wife and I, I grew up in a house, anybody ever, you don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to, but you ever... Something. You were raised in the house where you got beat. <laughs> it wasn't even a spanking. A lot of hands went up there. Jesus, we just pray for healing, emotional devastation. Um, so Sarah and I have this talk because she doesn't want me to spank him, and I'm like, all right. Well, as long as timeout works, you know, I'll consider that. I go timeout, buddy. I put him in a corner a little plastic blue chair and I go time out it's time to start acting right he almost getting mad going 13 years ago he stands up grabs the blue chair hurls it at me like a WWE superstar and says no daddy you time out (laughs) how many know Texas came alive in this individual right here I can't replay the details, but we got things in order. We got things in order. (laughs) But what I found in that moment is actually, it, it wasn't as big of a deal as I'm making it, but is that I loved him so much still. I had so much grace for him still. Do you know we serve a God that loves us no matter what our temper tantrums are, no matter how we make mistakes, no matter what stupid thing that we did. Come on, somebody in here prayed that prayer. God, if you just get me out of this police car, I will live for you. Come on, if you can just get me out of this situation, I will live for you, right? And, And we have moments, and what I saw was, that was too loud. Um, What I saw was, is the grace of the Father but when we follow God we have to follow love just like Jesus loved and ladies and gentlemen can I talk to you this morning there are people who are broken in McKinney, Texas there are people who are broken in Frisco and in Allen in this calling area and you know who God's looking for to see their lives change? He's looking for you to be the conduit that will speak forth life and have love like Jesus loved heal like Jesus was able to heal we know we're not the one. we're not the one that is the healer we're not the one that's all great but if we will allow God to decrease us that he would increase inside of us we can actually make a difference in our world I want to look at Luke chapter 14 and we see in the context of Luke chapter 14 verse 1 that Jesus is going to an interesting house How many know that Jesus did a lot of wild things? And this one actually was pretty wild uh, when you understand the context. He was actually going to one of the head Pharisees' house, one of the most religious guys on the land, and Jesus is going to his house. Now, uh, I don't know where you're at. I tend to do better with sinners than I do religious people. You're a pastor. I'll say it again. I tend to do better with sinners than religious people because I serve a God of love and grace, and I know what he's brought me through. Can I get somebody to help me right there? Uh, So so the sinner thing we get, and we're we're talking about him going to the well with the lady that had issues and had multiple affairs and was in the middle of adultery. And we're like, oh, that's a good Jesus. And we go, but when we go that he's at the head Pharisee's house, we're kind of like, mm-hmm. So, what? Here's the thing Jesus loved everybody. It didn't matter how sinful you were or how religious you were, he still loved you. So, he's at this banquet, he's at a party. Jesus, you know, what I love about him is you always catch him hanging around fest- festivals, banquets, and food all the time. I'm like, that's my kind of Jesus right there. And it says this in verse 15. As they're sitting around this banquet, hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a blessing it will be to attend the banquet in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. And when the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. I wanna pause there. How many are thankful that God is preparing a place for us in the heavens? That God is at work right now, that we'll be reunited with our grandparents and reunited with loved ones that we lost too early, but God's preparing a party that's unlike any party that you could ever imagine in the place that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords dwell. It is the banquet, it is the feast of heaven. Come on, somebody says when the banquet was ready he sent his servants to tell the guests come the banquet is ready but all of them begin making excuses now before you judge too quickly here i think we've all made a lot of excuses in our life one said i have just bought a field and must inspect it please excuse me <laughs> Another said, I have just bought five pairs of oxen, and I want to try them out. Please, excuse me. Um, I'm sorry to make it into the Bible with these excuses. Those are terrible excuses, right? Come on, business people. You don't buy land, especially back then. Now we got, you know, you know, Google and all the different stuff that you can use and your smartphone. Back then, you didn't buy a piece of land before you looked at it. That's a terrible excuse, I'm gonna buy a piece of land and then go check it out. The next excuse isn't even better. I got five yokes of oxen. I'm gonna gonna go check those out. That's like saying I'm gonna go to the Cadillac dealership and try out the car that I already bought. It's a bad excuse. Then it goes on. Another said I now have a wife, so I can't come. I can give an amen on that one right there. Anybody? You first get married. When I first got married, listen, ladies. I love y'all, and I don't know if you're like my wife. I had no idea how many hair products and makeup products one person can have. Literally, we're in Laguna. We were helping a church plant, and I'm brand new married. You know, I got stick of deodorant. I got a toothbrush and toothpaste. Shampoo and conditioner, and then I had that old school, like, Walmart gel. You know what I'm talking about? Like, the green goo stuff that just, your hair stays forever. That was all I had. Sarah's like, hey, babe, can you help me with these boxes right here? I'm like, yeah, where would you like them? Oh, they're all for the bathroom. There are five boxes. I'm like, are we opening up a salon up in here? Another said, I now have a wife, so I can't come. I'm busy. But these major excuses... I know we're cutting up today, thanks for having fun with me, are three areas that I believe all of us make excuses in. The three major excuses here were possessions, profession, and affection. Come on, our, our possessions can keep us distracted. I was going to come to the church, but the cowboys are playing. I was going to come to the house of God and serve, but you know what? I got that boat that needs my attention. Nothing wrong with possessions until they get you off track from what God wants you to do. I'm preaching good up in here this morning. I like stuff. Anybody like stuff? I like stuff. But when it excuses me not to do the will of God, I've got to evaluate that. The second excuse was profession. Profession. How many of you know we're busy? Work is hard. Some of you businessmen, businesswomen, you more, you have multiple positions in the world. However, at the end of the day, we're called to follow God and called to follow love. And the third thing is our affections. The people that we're connected to. However, they can become an excuse if we don't get our priorities straight. Benjamin Franklin said, he that is good for making excuses is seldom good for anything else. The other person you can never connect with? They just always got a reason why they can't connect. I pray that we're not that, but that we would open up our lives and our time to people. I know Pastor Joel's preached about this a lot. It's tough, when you're a pastor, you're leading a church, your most valuable commodity is time. But yeah, I honor him and love him because I watch him make time for people who are hurting and for broken. I even had people go, why is Pastor Joel mean with that person? I'm like, I don't know, it's Pastor Joel. He's doing what he does. (laughs) He loves people. And I pray that we're a church that loves people. In fact, I know that we are because you have loved me and my family so well. And you know what I believe? We're gonna see more salvations, more rededications, more people get plugged into the church than we've seen ever in the history of Oaks. I believe it's what the next step is for us. So it goes on. The servant, verse 21, returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. I want to propose to you that we know people who are spiritually poor, crippled, blind, and lame. I wanna propose to you that we all have people that we know are broken, and God is looking for you to be the medic. God is looking for you to be the doctor. God is looking for you to notice these people who are broken and speak life into their wilderness. We know poor. Those that are poor, those are people who know about God, but they don't really know about his love. I mean you know, there's people out there, know church, but they drive by church and it's just a religion to them. It's just something that's part of Texas. Y'all got some churches out here in Texas. I'll tell you what, Colorado, we got weed shops. Out here you got churches. <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> we'll edit that out for the next service. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> it's true. A true story. Uh, This is not on my notes, but I digress. Um, At my church in Aurora, it was one of the campuses I pastored for a little while. Uh, Our sign was bright green, and we had people on Sunday morning coming in the shop for weed and found out that it was a church. We said, come on in. You can get high on something else. Praise the Lord. (laughs) But we know people who are poor in spirit. They may know about God, but they don't know God. I don't know about you, I remember a time that my whole relationship with Jesus shifted. I'm a PK, I grew up in church. But there was a moment when I was a teenager and I was at a big youth conference and I remember feeling the power and the presence of God and feeling the love of God. And ladies and gentlemen, we've gotta give that opportunity for people that they don't just know about God but they know who he is, the presence of God in their life. We know people who have been crippled spiritually for all sorts of reasons. I know out here everything's perfect in Dallas, but I've heard some rumors that some people actually got hurt in church before. Let me come over here. It's a little more real. <laughs> the people get hurt by people. The joke is, the church would be perfect if we just didn't have all these people here. But someone even, yeah, I felt that in my spirit. Somebody in here, you've been hurt in church, you've been broken. Something happened, maybe it was from a leader or a pastor or just somebody that you trusted, a friend in church, and it hurt your relationship with God. But I want to tell you, don't stay there. Don't stay broken. Jesus wants to love you and wants to use you. There's people who've been poor, crippled, He says blind. There are people, even in Dallas, who don't know anything about Jesus They've never heard the presentation of the gospel. I love what we're doing next week, y'all. I love this haunted house. I know some of y'all are a little edgy about it and like, what's this thing all about? Uh, This thing's all about everyone who's not here yet. Let me say it over here. I feel like I'm going to get a little more help. It's for everyone who's not here yet. The church is not to sit on the bench. The church is a tool that will revolutionize the world. Jesus is the one who invented church. Jesus is the one who created church. Jesus is the one who prophesied over Simon Barjona and began to declare that his name is different and Peter upon this rock. I will build my church. Not just our church. Are you in here? He's building his church. And you know what? He gave us the power of the Holy Spirit that we would have power to lead it well. Not perfect but lead it well lead it with faith lead it with fire lead it with passion oh I can't stand a quiet church cause a quiet church doesn't get it because when I look at what God's done for my life and how he's healed me and how he's restored me I can't sit back and just go through the motions this is Jesus' church too much at stake how does God want to use you? I declare in Jesus' name, we see people come to Christ next week, that it'd be something completely different than we've ever done, but it becomes something absolutely supernatural for one of your family members or one of your friends. We know people who are lame. When I hold this Bible... that so many people prayed over represents to me people who were rooting for me before I even got started. I remember one of my buddies called me one time and I was really sad. I, I preached my first message, which is always horrible. It never goes great. <laughs> In fact, my 100th, I don't know if that one went very well either. And, And even till this day, being over 20 years of ministry, I may go home depressed today and go, God, what did I do in this service? But I remember calling him up. (laughs) His name is Israel. You may have heard me mention him before. Two of my closest friends, Joel and Israel, in ministry for sure. (laughs) And uh, I go, man, I just, I don't think I can do this pastoring thing, man. This preaching stuff's hard, and people are mean, and talk about you and you know and I was doing youth ministry so trust me if you ever want to cut your teeth preach and preach to teenagers because they will show you y'all are nice you're like yeah this message stinks just good job good job teenagers are like this guy stinks they'll just say it right in the middle of the service you know <laughs> and I called him up I'm like man I don't know if I do this man he's like, are you kidding me are you kidding me? I'm like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. He's like, you are the LeBron James of preachers. He goes, you're amazing. Every time I'm down, I want to listen to you preach because you make me happy again. And he starts talking all this good jazz to me and all this good mess. And you know what he was doing? I was lame. I was struggling with my call, but I thank God like that guy that was lowered in the roof with Jesus who couldn't get there on his own, that he had four friends who got him up to the top of that roof and cut a hole in the roof so they could get to Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, who are God called us to pick up? Who's God calling you to pick up? Who in your family needs to be here next week? Because we need to follow God, and as we follow God, we have to follow love. So I'll finish here. Verse 22. After the servant had done this, he reported, there is still room for more. Adam, what are you talking about? I'm going to say just like that, there's still room. Room for more. I love Oaks Church. Because it treated us better than anyone could ever treat us. Our family feels so loved and welcomed. I almost feel like a Texan. I say y'all all all the time just to fit in. I wrote it on my notes. What's up, y'all? I just needed to greet you correctly. There's still room. Who are you gonna bring next week? Verse 23. So his master said. Go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. So the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. Jesus is giving this beautiful picture at this party at a religious, pharisaical house, that God's banquet is not for all the upright people that are here. God's house is not just for all the people that join membership already. God's house is here so that it can be full of people from the alleys and the streets and the countryways who are sinner or religious or whatever they're in the middle of but that we exist for the people who are not here yet. Yesterday is, last Sunday, as Pastor Joel was preaching, I don't remember if it was this service or the second service, but he was preaching about salvation and shining our light and the opportunities that we have to do that. And I saw my pastor come up to the front and kneel and pray and he began to weep. He began to weep because his heart breaks for a generation that's been lost, for people who have been broken way too long and that we actually have the answer here. We actually, that's the power of the church, we have the answer here and that they can be healed. I'm going to finish with this let Joel fix everything that I just broke there's a story of a kid in Florida incredible young kid who lived on a pretty cool property The back of the property was huge lots of grass and trees and it had this uh, long deck that went out to where they would have their boat in really cool, Florida. Am I prophesying anybody right now? I feel like I need to receive that. And every day it was his tradition. This kid would literally jump out of his school bus that dropped off pretty near his house. And his mom reported many times he would literally run all the way from the school bus where they were dropped off. And he would throw his shirt off and throw his bag off and whatever he was wearing. And he would just jump straight into this huge lake. And it was one of his mom's, like, favorite things to watch, to watch your, I don't know about you, but I get more joy watching my kids have joy and watching my kids be excited about life. And this kid loved his lake, And so every time he would get out, he would do it. So his mom would literally sit there and she'd be sipping coffee or sipping tea and she would just watch her son and she would just enjoy watching him play and just be this this beautiful kid, just enjoying God's creation. One day, though, he came zipping around and his mom looked out of the window and as he was jumping into the lake, there was an alligator that he didn't see and it was only about 30 to 40 yards from him, but mom could see it and it was a long run from the kitchen down to the lake and she loses her mind, throws the back door open, starts screaming, starts yelling and she just she runs said, like, get out of the lake, get out of the lake. And he looks over and he sees the alligator. Now he's swimming faster than he could ever swim. And they get right to the dock and he gets almost all the way out and the alligator gets his leg. Blood going everywhere. She's screaming. Well, she was screaming so loud, one of the neighbors heard her screaming and he pulled out a shotgun and ran down to where they were. Kid's leg was pretty severely injured. But mom wouldn't let go of him. She just kept holding on to him. All of a sudden, you hear bang, bang, bang. Alligator's dead. They get the kid out, they get him right over to ER. They bandage his leg up. And a reporter comes to talk to the kid. He says, Man, can we see your wounds? Can we, can we look? What's happening? And he's doing a whole report on this wild situation. After they were done talking, the reporter was done and was going to leave the hospital room. And the kid stops him and says, hey, don't you want to see the wounds that my mom gave me? The reporter says, what? The wounds my mom gave me. That's what saved my life. Comes back, the kid shows his arm. It's all bruised, sore, because the mom was squeezing so hard and yanking the kid trying to keep them afloat. And I heard that story. And I go, man, sometimes we don't understand what God's doing. Sometimes we feel like we have an enemy trying to take our leg off and take our family, take our livelihood. Maybe we have sickness and we feel like man, is this ever going to get better? We feel like this thing is connected to our leg, but yet we have a God that's so good that he'll even allow us to be wounded a little bit in order to save us. I don't know about you, but I've been confused about God before. But I will say this, something I can say at 41 years of age. he's never left me and he's never forsaken me. He's never given up on me when I would have given up on myself. He continues to pull. He continues to believe so that one day, one day, We will see him at the great banquet. Let me pray for you this morning. And as we pray, I want you to do a couple things. Let's just bow our head and close our eyes. Before I pray, I want you to picture someone in your life who needs to come to church next week. Maybe they can't make it next week, but picture someone in your life you need to reach out to I believe the Holy Spirit will put the exact face right inside of your mind right now. Who's someone you need to reconcile with and show forgiveness and kindness? Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you. As we follow you, we have to follow love. God, give us wisdom. Give us discernment on how to reach our families, our friends. Lord, that we learn how to use our circle of influence, God, to bring hope and to bring peace and to bring joy. And God, we ask again this week, this entire week, that we would make it our prayer. God, let us decrease, that you would increase inside of us. And God, we give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name. We pray this message has blessed your life. And if it has want to invite you to sew into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks for listening and have a great week.